good afternoon. We want to welcome everybody back to our weekly podcast segment, um, Coffee and Conversation. It's time for us to sit down, have a cup of coffee with you, members of our community, and talk about things that are important to our students and our district. For those of you I haven't met, my name is Jeff Harris. I'm superintendent of schools for Del Norte County Unified School District, the Del Norte County Office of Education. So today we have three very distinguished gentlemen. Um, we have Del Norte County Probation Chief Lonnie Raymond. Welcome, Lonnie. Morning. We've got Crescent City Police Department Chief Richard Griffin. Morning. Thanks for joining us, Rich. And then we have CHP Commander Larry DP. Larry, thanks. Good morning. All right. So, gentlemen, let's talk a little bit. You know, public schools are kind of an opportunity for kids to find themselves. Um, we know that a lot goes into that where we have um, uh, families. We've got kids who have thought about what they want to be the whole time they grow up. Um we have just different influences in society, but you know, without fail, um, when we go and we ask a kindergarten student what they want to be, you have a lot of them say, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. Um, I was a middle school principal for a long time and we would do, um, career days and we would ask our kids, who do you want to hear from? What are some of the careers that you're really interested in? And again, years later, without fail, it was police, fire, and military. Um, but that being said, I think it'd be kind of interesting, you know, how did you guys get into law enforcement? What was, what was that driving piece for each of you? Well, at my kids' school, they all want to be chippies. I think they have the best mascot. So <laughs> <laughs> Larry, Larry, your team is pretty good at, at that. Um, I'll go first. Uh, this is chief Raymond. Um, I, we were talking a little bit before we started, but I fell into this really. Uh, I was looking for a job because I'm a horrible salesman. So <laughs> um, my wife told me I had to go out and find a job. So I did. Um, I wasn't um, doing so well bringing in money at, at trying to sell insurance. So, um, but I, I, applied for a lot of different things, but I've always been service oriented. Uh, I, I love serving people. I love working with people and, uh, falling into, uh, probation, um, was a really good fit for me because I get the opportunity to, to, um, do a lot of those things that I, I think I'm pretty good at, uh, that I enjoy doing. And, and it's an opportunity to, to serve the community and work with people. And, um, you know, law enforcement is, a challenging, uh, occupation, no matter which type you fall into, whether it's probation or, or police or, or CHP. Um, but it, it meets a lot of those things that I was looking for. Um, you get to, to deal with something new every day and, and, uh, help people at the same time. I, I, I like that phrase, Cloney, you get to deal with something new every day. So it's, it's always a challenge and always an experience, right? Rich, what about you? Uh, yeah, Steve Griffin. Um, I guess mine was more than my influences growing up. Um, was born in 79, grew up in the 80s, 90s, and it, all the cartoons, G.I. Joe, all the movies, Lethal Weapon, RoboCop. Uh, Lethal Weapon really sold it for me. It was just, you know, shoot them up, explosions, everything. And, you know, then they go right back to the next day doing the same stuff. And all that excitement got me thinking, man, that's going to be a good job and everything, lifestyle. And then... Uh, Kind of went to college, um, played football, got a marketing degree, um, and I minored in criminology. So 
I knew I wanted to get in law enforcement. I wanted a backup plan in case, you know, I needed to go sell insurance because I didn't make it in law enforcement. So, um, <laughs> Off the side of me. Huh? But, I was going to say, apparently you and Lana need yeah. to talk. So, um, and then I, I didn't get a job right away out of college in law enforcement. I went up and in, into Alaska, did some construction work and stuff with some friends and got an opportunity down here in Donut County. Um, got a call that said there's a job open in the jail. So I started there and just kind of took off and bloomed and got in to realize what law enforcement was really about. And I really liked, um, I look at it as kind of a chess game. Um, you got to know what you're doing, you know, 10 steps ahead of the other person. So you got to know, you know, your legal authority to pull someone over, your probable cause or your reasonable suspicion. You got to know the case law behind those also. So you get really in depth in it. And there's a lot of um, work to it. And if you really want to be a good cop and do what we're supposed to do is protect people and, you know, uphold justice and everything, there's a lot to it. And then, uh, and then through, my days working in the drug task force, of course, I spent a lot of time in court uh, for prelims and jury trials and got to see all that in action. And that really just hones you into, you know, because then you learn about the jury instructions and CalCrim this and everything. And there's a lot of education that goes into it. And that really um, going back to the 80s and 90s movies, you know, short circuit, you know, Johnny Five needed input. <laughs> that's that's pretty much how I see myself is I always want that input. I always want to learn and go and push yourself and it's very true. This you don't know what you're going to get every day at all in this in this job, and that's another thing I really love about it. You know, I had a job working in the mill through college, and it's every day you go there, you're doing kind of the same thing. You're feeding the wood into the dryer, you're pulling it out on the green chain, and yeah, it's it's hard work. And I'm not putting down anybody that does that because you can make good money, but it just wasn't the type of work for me. It's something new every day. You kind of look forward to it. So, cool, Larry. Well, gosh, I can't compete with these guys in stories. Uh, but the one thing I will say is uh, going over to the CHP, there is certainly the perk. Our officers get to play chippy. So uh, if you want to be chipper, the the chippy mascot, you just become an officer and you get to wear that and go out and do it. And then uh, as Chief Griffin here said, uh, you had some movie influences, RoboCop and Lethal Weapon. Well, I had chips. Um, I don't know, Ponch and John, oh, you guys yeah. familiar with that? So, yeah, that was um, part of the influence too. So, <laughs> All right, I just want to make sure we didn't <laughs> yeah. we didn't overlook Chips. So, and I we had Chips 2000. and Saving that for you. Okay, well, thanks for not taking that. You're too but, young. Uh, reruns and everything. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were talking to me. I was like, thanks, you're my new BFF right there. <laughs> but, you know, I, I went to schools here in Delnart County. I went to uh, Pine Grove, Crestnell, Delnart High School, and I, I actually didn't think much about law enforcement until after graduation. And uh, I went to work for Ace Hardware here in town. It was a great job, loved it, worked out at the uh, trust shop for a bit. And then I went to work at the uh, lumber yard for quite a while. And I realized I just really like to serve people and uh, started looking at law enforcement as a good way to serve people. And that still is my number one thing that I really appreciate doing is being able to get out there and help people. And so that's kind of my story. It's a little shorter than these guys is, but I, I certainly just, I, I really appreciate the opportunity and the honor that people have given me to allow me to do this and to serve people. No sales in that background? I didn't have sales. No, no, not at all. No, no sales for me. I worked out in the lumber yard, um, had some great supervisors, some great influences, people that pointed me in the right direction and uh, got me where I'm at right right now today. So, well, you know, I think it's really interesting that you guys all talk, all three of you talked about service. And, um, you know, in my career, I've worked in, oh my gosh, four, 
four different counties, five different counties, um, whether that's been as a teacher, a site administrator, a, a district administrator. And I've worked in counties where I've had no contact basically with law enforcement of any, of any kind. Um, not, not supportive, not, I mean, not just not right. Delaware's different. Um, I've worked with all three of you on different levels. Um, and I, I have to say the service oriented mindset isn't just yours. I think that that comes across very, very, very clearly in each of your departments. You know, Lonnie, as the county office um, superintendent, we we contract with, um, well, not contract with, we have a memorandum of understanding with the probation department um, and we partner on truancy. And, and that really is not about a hammer. It really is about supporting families. Um, Rich, we have an MOU with the city and we have a school resource officer both at um, Del Norte High and at Crescent Elk. And again, it's really about that that intervention piece. And it's really about how do we serve students? How do we help people? And then Larry, not only um, are you guys extremely responsive whenever we have things like, hey, go, you know, warrior NCS champs, uh, when we have big, big events where where we need a lot of that support. But um, you've been extremely supportive of of your officers and your staff helping us as we look at crisis planning around um, what happens if we have an active shooter and things like that. You know, things that in 25 years of public education I'd never thought through until your folks brought that on board. So that service-oriented mindset really comes to the forefront. Why, though? Because when when you guys talk to, you all deal with every subset of population. You deal with this county, um, and you do a lot of inter-district or interoperability. You have a lot of crossover in the folks that you deal with and how you deal with people. Why, with all of that on your plate, are you so supportive of our kids and our schools in such a positive way? What what kind of drives that conversation for you? Well, I guess I'll I'll take the that on there as right off the bat, our kids are our future, and so if we can get them early enough and get them pointed in the right direction, so to speak, it really just makes the community stronger, and it makes. I don't want to say it makes our job easier because it is a little bit of work on the front end, but on the tail end of that, then we got some great citizens that we really appreciate being around and, and are good, productive people for Delnart County and for, you know, anywhere that they choose to end up moving to or living. And so I know for us, we really appreciate the opportunity to do that and to provide that guidance. Because I know, like, I still talk to my teachers. And as a matter of fact, I still can't even say their first name. I, it's still Mr. and Mrs. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I just recently bumped into my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Finley, on the uh, Smith River when I was kayaking. And uh, still can't even call him by his first name. And so the level of respect that comes out of the adults that, are, that influence you is just such a huge... Um, I don't know what you want to call it, such a such a huge influence that we just want to kind of continue that on beyond school and, and be those mentors for those kids. That's great. I think on my aspect of it, there are a couple of things there. Um, I, I have several teachers I'm still friends with on Facebook and same thing. I just, Mrs. Hearns, Miss um, Buckles, um, 
they had a lasting impact on me because I had not a troubled childhood, but I was kind of, I guess, advanced or something. Uh, got bored in class. I was the type that if you give me the book, I'll finish it that day. And then it's supposed to last three or four weeks. And then I would be the class clown type thing. So um, they helped me through a lot. I owe a lot to them to where I'm in today. And uh, that stuck with me on how important that is on a lifestyle. Um, getting into sports really saved me from going to the other side where probably Lonnie would be dealing with me or, you know, or Mr. DP. But um, that got me in and got me going on somewhere to go in life and gave me something to do. Um, but on the other side of it, it's kind of selfish the way why I do my job, because everything I do is to make this county and city better for my kids to grow up in. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And I figure that if I do it for that reason, at least, you know, I'm preparing it for them. Um, I want to make it the best for them, then it's going to be the best for everybody's kids. And I think that's what you have with everybody here is we have that, um, that, that sunk cost, I guess, or however you want to explain it. If we're going with marketing terms, um, that's that our investment to begin with is, right. you know, if I'm responding to these schools, my kids are going to these schools. So yeah, it's, it's, it's personal for us, but it does make our job easier on the end run, even though it's harder now is if we can get into the kids young and explain to them, hey, we're not the bad guys. You know, we're not always just there anytime something bad happens at your house because that's the large percentage of when kids see us first. Mm -hmm. Something goes wrong at the house and cops show up. So, or, you know, the parents are saying, hey, if you don't, you know, stop acting like that, you're going to go to jail. I'll call the cops. Or, And um, if we can get in early, is my philosophy, get them, read books to them. You know, I started doing that last year uh, before the COVID stuff hit. And really show them, hey, we're people too. We're here for you. And we can make this community a better place. Um, we truly live in God's country here, I believe. And it can be a destination place for the entire United States. Um, that's why I love living here. So I just want to make it better. Yeah. We're playing the long game. I mean, that's what we're doing all. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, my department, we deal with juveniles on the criminal side. And um, you, you mentioned truancy earlier. Um, the idea for us to get more involved in that came from my staff. It didn't, didn't come from me. This is, this is my folks working with kids and families on a regular basis. And, um, for us to jump in and, and really focus on that the last couple of years, it, it is looking to the future. It's a, it's a long-term investment because we don't see any direct benefit right now. Right. You know, those kids and families that are involved in the juvenile criminal system, um, we're not going to change it tomorrow by getting involved with the district and helping make sure kids stay in school, get in school, get the resources they need to to do that. But really what all three of us are talking about is that long game of what's what's valuable for our families and our kids. How can we help so that 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, 20 years down the line, we don't see those same families that we've been dealing with. Um, we don't you know, tongue in cheek m myself, you know, I, I call these graduates because I've watched these kids. I haven't been in this game very long. Um, you know, Larry and Rich, both of these guys have been in the community and involved in law enforcement in the community longer than I have. But even, even myself, I've seen kids in our criminal system, quote unquote, graduate. You know, those are our graduates and it, it's with a heavy heart that we say that, um, but they go from the juvenile criminal system and graduate to the adult criminal system. Right. Uh, when we get involved with the schools, um, it's with that hope and that goal that we can help break that cycle, that we can make a difference in the, the lives of um, 
you know, those, those kids that we're working with that are going to grow up and have kids of their own. Um, those families that have struggled for a long time, you know, maybe we, maybe we can find that one thing that might click with them. Um, and, and being involved in the schools is a huge part of that. And, and kind of, you know, feeding on that, if we can just help a few of those kids that might have went on a different path, at least help a few of them, we've done our job. Obviously, we know we can't help all of them and people are going to make decisions. People are people. So, but if we can get one or two of them pointed in the right direction, it makes it all worth it. Well, and I have to say it has to be extremely rewarding, right? When, um, and I, I'm thinking of Officer Lowe or Officer Gill, who's at our at our school sites, or um, Officer Hernandez, right? When a student walks up and says, "Hey, I'm having a problem. Can you help?" Right? That's really that proactive piece. That when we think about law enforcement, like <laughs> Rich was saying, it's either typically it's either cast as it's either demonized or it is the threat. Um, but that's really not the way I think that the three of you have approached it, that's definitely never been a vibe that I've gotten in any of our conversations. So really helping kids understand that this, this is somebody who's there to help them. This is somebody who can, who can guide them down a path that, well, actually maybe, maybe I ought to put it this way. They've, they've only known a path and this is somebody who's opening up a new path, right? Yeah, that's a, a great analogy, a great way to put it. And uh, yeah, we would definitely support that. And we support the the kids and the young adults that want to go on a different path and see a different way. Being involved in schools is one of the, the biggest ways that that happens too. And that for us to to be available to help get those kids to school so that they can see those other opportunities so their their vision can be widened. Right. That's critical. And we're people too. So I know like when I go and I volunteer at my kid's school, I got two kids in these local schools here. It's great. I love the feedback that I get from all the other kids. It (laughs) it is just wonderful. They're asking all kinds of police questions or, I mean, obviously the obvious ones, you get past that, like, oh, what kind of gun is that? Or what do you carry? (laughs) Once you get past all of that and you just start talking to the kids, it it is very rewarding. I love interacting with these kids and, and their conversation and, and their outlooks and, and everything. It's just very rewarding. Well, and I think that's the other thing that's kind of cool, too. And you you each have children in our schools, right? Yeah, I have two kids, um, Carson and Rogue. Um, you know, Carson's turning seven this year. Rogue's turning five next week. I don't know how that happened that quick. <laughs> but yeah, it's and, and um, what I see is... You know, by the time that we hit you know, 15, 16, 17 year olds get to dealing with them, that's too late. There's a lot of times we're not going to be able to do a lot mm-hmm. with them as law enforcement. So that's where the investment as far as what we're looking at is the younger kids to be able to get in there, be involved, everything and show them, hey, that's not how the world has to be. Here's options, stuff like that. And that really that's the rewarding part um, that. And then also when we're also dealing with people, you know, you're talking about graduation to the criminal the adult criminal. Um, one of the best things in my career that I like seeing is when people come up to me um, and say, Hey, thank you for saving my life. And I'll kind of look at them like, well, I've arrested you about 20 times. Well, no, but if you didn't arrest me that 20th time, I wouldn't have really gotten into my head. That's what I needed. And then um, I mean, we all collect challenge coins in law enforcement and military. A couple of the challenge coins that I really 
have, you know, in honor on, on my desk uh, is the NARC coins. Uh, they graduate the classes. They gave those to me as say, hey, this is, you know, we, we did this because of you without you doing your job. And it's kind of an awkward situation, but it's still one of those things where I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I do my job for. I don't do my job to take you to jail every time. It's finally gotten through. So, you know, if we can help out the kids younger, um, you know, different path, maybe because you never know which three or four words might do that to, you know, or, or make take a couple hours of talking or reading a book to them or something. But yeah, seeing them light up, um, I was delivering your flags, you know, I had that flag program this year and it went to a couple of houses and the kids just lit up when they saw the cop car and, you know, so, Hey, you want to go sit in it and turn on the lights and just seeing the joy that's in there. And, you know, that connection, um, really hits home and it just, that's, that's what makes our job fun to do also. Well, so gentlemen, that's kind of all the time we have for this podcast. Now, I do want to let everybody know that there is a part B. So this is going to be kind of a special day where we're going to have a part A and part B podcast. So we would encourage everybody, if you want to hear the second half of our conversation, which is really going to be around um, how has COVID-19 kind of impacted our community, um, how we can continue to partner with our law enforcement um friends and and partners and collaborate for the benefit of our kids and um, also talk about some things that are coming up that I think would have a big impact on our schools and community. Uh, We ask that you download that next podcast and we look forward to seeing you then.